My name's James Tribbany, this is my show. Today we are back with Glate. We're a couple of weeks behind on Glate. In fact, we've had to unfortunately miss a show, which I'll get to in a bit. Uh, we were hopefully going to bring you three shows of Glate this week, but we've had to settle two, which all will be explained shortly. In the meantime, I'd like to welcome my guest for this today is Mr. Marcus Green of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, who's becoming quite the Glate expert in recent months. Yeah, I'm here. I'm chugging along, trying not to, trying to <laughs> these names, these aesthetics, but overall just enjoying the wrestling. Yeah, that's the thing, which is what we do here at the Trooping Show channel. That's what Dara and Martin say, isn't it? Wrestling, wrestling podcast by wrestling fans who enjoy wrestling. <laughs> that's their tagline, and then it's a good tagline to have. Uh, so our first show was at Omega Sky Building Stellar Hall which is a wonderful name for a wrestling venue, isn't it? It's like, you know, how many words can you cry into a name? You made a sky building, Stella Hall. Not only are you in the sky, but the building Stella. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> it Sorry. seemed like it's been the opposite. Like, uh, the names over here in America specifically, you know, I guess, you know, from WWE side, the ones they go to, like, the, the names of these buildings have regressed. <laughs> like the cinnamon toast crunch alpha alpha dome or something and then you know like you get the <laughs> curve and stuff i'm like yeah the, the, japan <laughs> got to keep but, that name swag because it just it gets corny over here a lot well yeah it's it's like um i'm a newcastle united fan well fan's not a word i, I watch them play football occasionally um and they have a historic stadium called St. James's Park, which is on top of the hill. Excuse me, that's my Mac starting. I should say I mentioned my quality might not be as good today because I'm on my Chromebook. My Mac is doing stuff, so I'm trying to figure that out as we go. Um, yeah, St. James's Park, which is on top of the hill and bang in the middle of the city. So it, you, it's the thing you can see when you look up. Like, <laughs> there's all these churches and all these historic buildings, and then you look up and you see football stadium. And it was called St. James's Park for years because that's what it was called after St. James. And then um, the owner, previous owner, was a guy called Mike Ashley, who was not very popular among Newcastle United fans. But he sponsored the stadium with his company, so it became the Sports Birec Football Stadium, which naming rights is a thing that makes things rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I know I understand it's all like, you know, it's capitalism with a capitalism, but, you know, it's just like certain things, especially within a community, which is one of the things that he kind of got lambasted for within a community. If you get the name right the first time and it, you stick with it, then it's going to be good. And it, yeah. Anyway, you made a sky building, Stella Hall, fine venue. Um, we opened with Bulk Orchestra, Czech Shimatani, Kazuma Sakimoto and Quiet Storm defeated John Tuncho, Gichi Saito and Somo Watanabe in an opener, which was like these openers on Glake shows are corking because they really set the tone and they never, no one ever seems to skip a beat. Um, what did you think of this one, Marcus? No, I absolutely agree with you. Um, but, but it did kind of come off like the Bull Orchestra was kind of, there, there was a tear that they were at. Yeah, that, that Tancho, Sato, and Watanabe had to kind of uh, attempt to get to. Uh, hell of a hell of a try, 
but you know, guys like Storm and and, and Sakamoto was kind of like these these walls that they just couldn't crack. Um, but like you said, they're still cool because because in a lot of these uh, instances that we'll get to in these shows, where it does seem like there's a different level that one side is on, it makes the match more intriguing because you you find the other person having to fight through their own limitations to try to get to the win. Yeah, especially with the young guys. I mean, like, Toncho and Sato are in 60 seconds, which is obviously one faction, but Watanabe's not. So there's yeah. obviously, like, the, the oh, you're not as connected because you're not in a faction, or you're not in a faction with them. You know, they're, they're a babyface faction, but you're not on the same side side, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that was obviously because lots of 60-second people were um, involved in the rest of the show. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was just nice, just a nice story. And it kind of set things up for the rest of the show because at the end of this show, Shima came out to challenge, um, um, one of the, the leaders basically of, of your, uh, quite, of your, be quite some, of your Boko orchestra to what would become a lumberjack whiplash match for which was basically a lumberjack country whipping match, which is, you know, what you'd have if it was, if it was in Memphis, not Osaka, it would be a country whipping match. The kind of thing that Jim Ross and Jim Cornette would have glorious dreams about. <laughs> and we'll get to that in a bit. But yeah, so that kind of sets the, and that's the thing with these shows, the little house shows in front of maybe three or 400 people, but they're so well thought out. You know, they've set a story up for the rest of the show. And you're already building and anticipating something before you get to the next thing. And I think that's what makes it, I think that what makes it accessible to you as a fan that, I know you do like some Japanese wrestling, but it tends to be the more mainstream stuff, but this is not mainstream at all, is it? And you are still getting into it, I think, because it's presented the way it's presented. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's, uh, to your point, is that that small, more intimate, like it's not just intimate, um, in the venue, which also helps, but it's also intimate, um, you know, within the stores and the characters, you can kind of just hone in on, you know, what's going on specifically with the, the, the Gleet roster and whatnot. Obviously, you know, they're, they're getting into crossovers and more stuff like that, and that just makes it more better for the fans with kind of like, you could do like super matches, but, you know, like <coughs> mainstream stuff like with New Japan, sometimes the storylines can be so grandiose and there's so many sprawling narratives now with this Forbidden Door stuff that you know there's all quotes as many narratives uh going on as there are titles which can be <laughs> which can be fun but sometimes it can it get a little much to keep up with when you have as much to keep up with on the um on the on the wrestling and shout out to alex for this the wrestling zeitgeist as we do yes indeed you know yeah. so much it's, it's so much going on in so many companies which is great because we want these guys working um, it won't, you know, the business booming, but it, it's a, uh, it's a lot. Yeah, and funnily enough, speaking of forbidden doors, uh, Nana Takahashi and Ryo Mizunami, Max Voltage, uh, one of the top freelance teams in Japanese Joshi wrestling, went up against the homegrown girls of Michioka Miyagi and Yuki Haru Hosokawa in a barn burning tag team match. Nana Takahashi is one of them girls. I say girl, she's 45 <laughs> women who have really carried Yoshi on their back over the last 20 years or so. And Raya Mizunami, um, of course, former Sendai girl, trained by Meiko Satomura and 
we saw her last most recently winning the AEW Women's Tournament, the one contenders tournament, when she, she challenged Hikaru Shida last year. Me and John covered that on the Trooping Show about a year ago, funnily enough. Um, <laughs> and they're kind of those rites of passage wrestlers in the same way Miko Satsumura is or was until she started wrestling in the UK. And it's now a rites of passage wrestler in the UK. Um, they're kind of that final boss. And Takahashi has been having that feud with Miyagi as of late. Um, and, you know, and it's trying to get Miyagi closer to a win, basically. And in this particular case, uh, Takahashi and Mizumi, Mizunami take the win because they're a brilliant tag team. Um, and putting down Miyagi, they also kind of turned Hosokawa against her in a respectful way um, because obviously I don't speak Japanese, but the basic gist of the post-match promo was you ain't good enough to beat us. And Hosokawa was being dragged down by your mediocrity, which is kind of the story we've been being told about, about Michio Miyagi uh, over the last year or so as she's lost the big matches She's won some, but not many. Um, and Hasekawa has won, lost an even more matches. And uh, the basic principle is you ain't good enough to be the leader of the women in this particular promotion, and we could do a better job, even though we don't work here. Which is an age-old Joshi um storyline. Um Akira Hokuto pulled that storyline out of the bag against Chigaso Nagaya with Gaia in 1999-2000. And that was a brilliant storyline that made tons of money. So that's what they're trying to do here. And that was well worth it, I think. But the match itself was outstanding. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? You know, on both shows, it's just these women, you know, probably put on, you know, damn near the second. And, and it was the match of the night for me. And then the second match came. Uh, <laughs> match behind us, I should say, came. And it presented something I was not expecting. I was like, okay, this is going to be fun to talk about with James. Um, <laughs> It, it brought. I feel like it, it blended two things, uh, which we'll get to. But yeah, it's it's weird. Like I said, we've been kind of following this story. Um, it's probably been like you said, because you are aware of it that has been happening longer before I started watching this. But with Miyagi, it's like this girl is scary good. Yeah, she is. Like scary good. Like when she gets in the ring uh, in, in a singles situation, like I, I you know, you almost want to pray for her opponent. Uh, <laughs> on the same level of her because it's going to be a long night but because of the narrative that's going on it's been really long nights for Miyagi uh, because she's been taking these L's and now you got these women who aren't even a part of the promotion coming in like you said and going like like you're not good enough to to, to bang in any scenario like this and I guess on any in another time she'd be able to win this stuff easy but for some reason she's having issues you know, racking up the W's, which is kind of fascinating, like I said, when you take into account just how good she is. So, mm. um, like you said, the, the continuing story coming out of this, uh, keeping going, is as interesting as the match. It's simple. The match you said, like you said, is an absolute porker. These women are balls to the wall with the combinations, with the, um, you know, it almost come off like like female X division at times. Um but yeah, it's just it's it's some good stuff. But like I said, it's the it's the con, it's the continuity and the consistency with storytelling around Miyagi, who like I said, you would think like even in a in a in a match like this, she stands out. But for some reason she can't seem to, you know, get that W. It's it's a conflicting story. Yeah, that's it. And that's I mean that's it is a great story to tell. 
and it'll make her stronger in the long run. It'll make her a stronger drawer and a better wrestler, you know. And, and it means they've got something to hang the women's religion around. They signed somebody else this week, and I can't remember who it was. Excuse me whilst I go to the Gleet Twitter feed and find out for you. <laughs> um, but I think she is the I think she's the first Joshi um, to sign with Gleet who's been training with Gleet, if that makes sense. Um, do, 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 do. It was announced earlier this week. Sorry if my mouse is clicking because it tends to pick up on the microphone, but I can't do three jobs at once on two computers, unfortunately. Here we do, 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 do. It's on here somewhere. Keep it on the list. It's a blonde-haired lady. I can't remember her name. Yeah. But yeah, keep talking, Marcus, and I'll find her. <laughs> yeah, so like I was saying, like this match was an absolute corker. It's, uh, it's interesting watching somebody team with somebody like Miyagi because obviously you had to keep pace, which I thought the Ikari did a, a good job of. Like you said, they, they told a interesting story near the end because it's like I'm supposed to be with this person who's supposed to be, you know, on a different level and they can't even, you know, get this done. And it is, it, it's made even worse by the fact that, you know, like Takahashi and then Ryo kind of on specifically Takahashi is like, you know, almost in a Tanahashi fashion was like, nobody's running from you. Like, you had to reach up to get to me type of deal, which is which is weird because, again, like you said, that works for a different company. So um, that makes it worse. But, yeah. again, it's a continuing story, you know, that, and, and, and it's great because it's even better when you tell stories with people that talented. Like, if somebody like, I guess, you know, for a universal name, somebody like a, I guess a Randy Orton goes on a losing streak when you know this guy, I guess at this point is top tier, has done everything, it's nobody has beaten, and he goes on a losing streak with probably one of the most protected moves in all of, of wrestling, it's it has to mean something. So Yeah, definitely. I can't find that that great story, unfortunately. Um, but I'm sure I'll find him <laughs> into this. Let's move on anyway. Next up was a Ledette UWS special match. Siki Ikimoto, who's from one of the independent shoot fighting organizations, tagged with Takanori Ito to defeat Minoru Tanaka and Yu Iska. Iska and Ito have been having this on-off feud and pretty much wrestled each other, I think, on ev- in one way or another, on every show me and Marcus have looked at in the last three months. Um, and this was a different variation on the same thing. Obviously, Minoru Tanaka, living legend that he is, and Ikimoto, up-and-comer um, from, um, like I said, I think it's Dream, Dream Arts, uh, another shoot-fighting organization, to have a UWF Ledette special rules match. Now, for those of you who don't know the rules, it is over, it's gone over on the show, on the YouTube video, but it's in Japanese, so I shall clear this up for you. It's based on the old UWF rules, which have been adapted, because in the old UWF, they used to have 20 points and matches took forever. But you start with five points. You lose a point every time you knock down or every time you use the ropes to break a submission. If you get to zero points, you obviously lose. If you get knocked out, you obviously lose. And if you are submitted, you lose. No pinfalls, no running the ropes. A traditional shoot-style wrestling match, as you would find in 1990s UWF or 1980s UWF or 1990s UWF or, well, closer, I suppose, really, to those organizations rather than, say, Pancras, which was actual proper wrestling where people got hurt. <laughs> people got hurt in UWFI, but for entirely different reasons. Um, but it wasn't to do with actual people trying to cause each other massive damage, just an amount of damage. 
So this is a bit off your particular piece, Marcus. What did you think of this? Yeah, I found myself having to obviously get used to it because I think they kept the points in the background, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, yeah. The, which is better than the old UWF, which were on a tiny little screen far off in the distance you had to squint to see. Uh, but putting them on a massive screen so you could actually see what was going on was a massive improvement in presentation. Yeah, which is which is interesting. At first, I was like, wait a minute. Because <laughs> I, I had to really... Uh, like focus on like wait a minute has they had the timer in the background this whole time I just, I'm, I'm like i know this is a sticking point for james i know he love it but then it didn't happen again say okay this is special but more than anything i was like this is like a japanese pure match yeah yeah it was that was basically pure wrestling took an awful lot from the uwfi style pure wrestling in ring of honor is a bit more pro wrestling based yeah. But, you know, you do have strike exchanges and you, you kind of like, but it's not like UWFI is kind of what, like what wrestling would be if it was a sport. Yeah. So if you want to know more about the history of shoot wrestling in Japan, if you go back to the Japanese beginner's guide, myself, Chelsea and Alex took long in-depth looks at that, uh, starting with the UWF in the 1980s and then moving on to PWFG and UWFI in the 1980s and 90s. And I think we covered a big UWF card, UWF card. So we, we, if you can go back and you can find out about how all this stuff worked. And Glate, who are bringing greatness, making wrestling great again, if you will, um, have plenty of UWFI stuff because that's one of the things they consider to be great about the 1990s. So, yes. Anyway, where were we? <laughs> and it would have been almost cool uh, in like a dream world to see um, like uh, Zack Sabre and somebody like John Gresham like commentate this because <laughs> all the, the kicks and the exchange and everything uh, but it was good um, and and, and um, obviously we're going to get more of him like you say he's been on all these shows he's clearly one of the shining growing stars but uh, Takanoro Ito was like becoming like an instant favorite for me oh yeah uh, and I don't know if like you agree with this but he he's obviously he's got the look of it but he, he has like Shibata vibes about mm, yeah yeah um, so that, yeah takiyama vibes as well like um oh, i can't remember takiyama's first name um takiyama wrestler sorry as i get older i forget things yoshihiro takiyama the great yoshihiro takiyama who was that size that build had that avalanche german suplex he basically he didn't invent the avalanche german but he's the guy that made it work <laughs> the, the, it, you know and he was um well takiyama was six foot seven so you can imagine an avalanche german on a guy who's six foot seven <laughs> he went over <laughs> and, yeah and he chose that kind of character no nonsense straight ahead you know and takiyama was best mates or he still is best mates with monora suzuki that you know they used to tag team together and they were even worse when they were together. Okay. <laughs> uh, but Ito is that kind of Suzuki, Takiyama, um, Shibata, straight up and down pro wrestler. You know, yeah. Billy Robinson would love a guy like this. If Billy Robinson had a chance to have a go with this guy, <laughs> he'd be knocking houses down. That, yeah, he's that kind of guy. Uh, which is strange because he doesn't come from that background. He's a Wrestle One wrestler. And Wrestle One was really uh, Kiyeji Muto's take on what all Japan could, should, could be, you know. 
when he left All Japan, he founded Wrestle One, and Wrestle One created stars like, um, say, a Sonata, um, yeah. you know, traditional King's Road style wrestlers with a bit of strong style flair. Um, so Ito doesn't really match that mold at all. He's a proper strong style wrestler, and he doesn't really. He shouldn't really be. <laughs> he's a bit of a historical freak, but he's ace. He's brilliant. I love his yeah. I really do. I think he's got he's constantly fighting uphill against Ito. And when he finally gets divorced from Ito and goes and wrestles somebody else, I think he's going to be better for this feud as well. Yeah, it's you know, um Ito kind of comes off like that that guy, like if you if you had to describe him like in terms of talking about uh I guess relation to meal, you call that guy like a balanced breakfast. Like he's a striker, yeah, powerhouse. He can do so. Obviously, coming off of this match, you can see he can do submissions. So you know, obviously, kind of in a lot of ways, kind of how we've seen Sonata evolve, um, in in some ways. Uh, so it's like, yeah, it's uh, he's definitely you know, obviously you got you got you got the heroes and um. Seamers and, and and a lot of guys to watch and certainly with the women on this on this show but he's definitely a guy that again you know like you said a young guy up and coming but you know he stands out like he's been there for years so it's like fun to watch yeah definitely of course Minoru Tanaka this friggin Minoru Tanaka <laughs> <laughs> and Seichi Ikimoto did not look out of place in this company at all it was I mean obviously it's a style thing he was he was the right guy for this kind of match to bring in um and he was pretty good he's that new that he doesn't even have a cage match so because sorry so he doesn't have a cage match profile so um yeah um that's one of the reasons why we don't know much about him but he's very good i loved his work he thought it was really cool uh but yes this was one to watch if you like proper ground and pound wrestling um then we move on to from the sublime indeed to the ridiculous shima versus Ryuchi Kawakami in a Lumberjack Whiplash match. The Lumberjacks were taken from 60 Seconds, uh, Bulk Orchestra, and uh, Strong Hearts. So everybody, basically. <laughs> um, they were all given uh, whips to whip their opponents with, which looked a bit more, how dare I say that, S&M rather than country whipping. <laughs> um yeah. Oh, and uh, Miyagi, Miyagi and Miyagi even got out there as well, and she started wielding a whip around. Um, and interestingly, like, you know, in, normally in a lumberjack match, you know, the lumberjacks play favorites to their particular, um, you know, ilk. Like the baby faces look after the baby faces, the heels look after the heels, etc. Not in this match, no. Because when Karakama got kicked out, even uh, Bulk Orchestra beat him up. And then when Shima got beat, uh, kicked out, even 60 Seconds and Strong Arts beat him up. So it was just like, you know, they actually did proper lumberjackery. Including yeah. the br brilliant sound of like um, Bulk Orchestra beating up Karakami and quite still going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Which was just brilliant. Yeah, it was... This was, a, this was a weird one for me because lumberjacks are the, the concept of lumberjacks is you know can be, become a very tired concept very quickly. Um, but I think with here it was it was made uh, interestingly enough because like you said because of the turn you kind of in, in a way I had to kind of just surrender to the the tomfoolery of it all. Um, <laughs> and, and I think my my favorite point because uh, it, it got to a point I think you said. 
at first it was the faces standing up for the face and heels standing up for the heels. But I think my favorite point was when um, the guy from the 60 Seconds came out and was whipping the guy from Bull Orchestra around the ring. And he stopped for a minute and he was, <laughs> he like he did, the, uh, he kneeled before like a fan <laughs> real quick to, to make sure he was okay. Because I think he kind of whipped him in. <laughs> SMM thing. I'm like, glad you made that reference to SNM. It almost came off like they were having like a pep rally. <laughs> this is- I don't know where they got their whips from, but it wasn't a leather manufacturer. At all. At all. It was it, no. it, it, it much came off playful. I'm like, all y'all need is um Dalton Castle's boys. Yes. <laughs> and this will be an entirely different level of entertainment. Exactly. Well, a loads of fun though. Yeah. Just a bit ridiculous, especially after you've been like deadly serious shoot wrestling, and then you have this. <laughs> but Kawakami and Steamer were great in this match because they just know how to make anything work. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and also, and of course, Bull Orchestra never never ceased to, to take advantage of our opportunity. The poor ref got SMM slapped. What's <laughs> hilarious? Because he had to sell it. After all the the, the uh, sensual flailing at ringside, he had to sell it, and then all <laughs> you know took full advantage, as you do. Um, you know, it, it's always hilarious too because in, in everything they do, the flag has to be present too. So yeah. it's uh, it's it's fun. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that that, that kind of like you said, once you kind of just get over the fact, because you got like that top tier back to back wrestling with the women, and then obviously with the UWF match. So this you can kind of almost appreciate it. Um, as more like an entertaining, uh, you know, breather, if you will. Yeah, definitely, and that's what it was. Speaking of entertaining, Strong Hearts took on Strong Hearts uh, when Issei Onitsaka and T Hawk defeated El Lindemann and Shigehiro Iri. It's just a match for the sake of having a match, really. There was no real beef in this, though they played it up to start with. It was just two tag teams and four mates having a wrestling match and having some fun, and that was fine because <laughs> sometimes. On a roster as thin as the Glates roster, you just run out of guys, so you have a match. <laughs> that's that's what it felt like. You kind of just this bros, this giving it all, which you can appreciate because you know there's no matters, but you can still be entertained by. It. It's not wouldn't be too all the different if you say like they just had a, um, and obviously it'll be a lot of uh, a lot of swag in it. I don't know if they come out as a, they probably will come out as a group because it's their their nature. Uh, but if you had like Lij, Lij, you know. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Suzuki Gun versus Suzuki Gun, because they do that all time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was just fun. It was a fun little wrestling match, and they're one of the best wrestlers in the world. So it was not going to be bad, was it? <laughs> you know, and it kind of with Iri getting pinned, uh, it means you know there's a bit of bragging rights over your current T-Rex champion, El Lindemann, and then we got to some really serious business. Uh, Tetsuya Ishka of 60 seconds, I believe. I'm just making sure I've got this right. Wait, comments, tag team tables. Uh, yes, he's in 60 seconds. Um, Tetsu Izuchi, I should say, defeated Hayoto Tamaro of Bulk Orchestra in a high stakes wrestling match. And it was really good. Tamaro is excellent. Love the guy. As a heel, he's just outstanding. And Izuchi is really, really good. Um, this is one of the best great matches we've seen this year, I think. Just intensity, and it was a number one contenders match. The winner of this match gets a shot at El Lindemann, 
and Ischika is the one who takes the medal to our Linderman because it's a really cool way they do it. So Linderman has the G-Rex Championship and then there are number one contender matches and the winner of those matches gets a medal which, in K, which enables him to defend it against El Linderman. If El Linderman loses, obviously you get the belt and keep your medal. But if you lose, then El Linderman gets to keep the medal, which is the reason why Linderman walks the ring with three uh, medals around his neck because he's defended the belt three times, which is just genius. <laughs> but it's a nice way of giving the champion, the challenger, something to defend as well. And it's, it's different than a briefcase. That's really interesting um, because over here it's, it's stupidly WWE does this thing where it's like we're going to have the that's a really great flip on I feel like a, a great mix on um, the stupidity of if if you face the champion in a non-title and beat him you get a title match which you're probably going to lose because narrative yeah. um, and, and then you go over something like Lucha Underground where I feel like like I said I feel like it's a nice hybrid of a better version of that concept done dumbly by WWE, but also like what they used to do with the gift of the gods title. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except here, they they keep the champion involved. So, and also it's also a visual cue. Like instead of like you know, I guess in, in certain tribes and stuff, like people will mark uh, themselves on their body for every defeat or, or every victory. Here you get the medal. So that's yeah. that's a that's a really cool concept, and, and it keeps you abreast at how many you know victories he's had instead of people you know I guess about announced team having oh he's had 50 title defenses because somebody could be reigning for like 500 days and only have defended it five times. <laughs> yeah, and that well that ended our card in Osaka, and now we're going to Sapporo, Hokkaido, Japan, in the Sapporo II One Stadium. Which again is a really cool name. I I one. Yeah. Two hundred fifty-three people in attendance, and we opened with Seema and Al Linderman defeating Masato Kamino and Shigehiro Iri. Twelve minutes and fifty-seven seconds. Another outstanding match. This was really good. Can't really say an awful lot more about it. Just kind of fun because obviously it was baby faces versus baby faces, and your top dogs in the opening match, and that's fine because. Doesn't do him any harm. Um, and Shima and Lindemann take the win. What's your thoughts on this one? I mean, ultimately, in these situations, Shima, Lindemann, Camino, and anything with uh, Erie, the, the fans ultimately win. Because these are always fun. Because it's always interesting seeing how somebody's going to break. Obviously, you have the champion, the G Rex champion. And then, you know, um, who's ace in his own right, but, you know, knocking down. Uh, eerie, like I said, he feels like almost this this weird amalgamation of like somebody like Cobb and Ishii. Yeah. Like this this <laughs> this freakish fusion. It's like, how do you fight that? I'm like, you just fight until you it, it, until you know you lose. Oh, you fuck out and get a win, which is rare, but it happens, and like like we're seeing here. So, um, it's just one of the things always fun to me seeing how guys game plan to break him down you know yeah so. Aries is amazing he can just do anything he'll yeah. work baseball for you he'll work heel for you have a big athletic match do the big strongman thing throw people around can do a bit of shoot fighting just just it's just such a good all-rounder 
I don't think he's ever going to be like your top guy in the company, no matter what size company it is. But he's just a glue guy you need around to make things work. And he's yes. brilliant at it. Better mm-hmm. than most people are. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Next match, we had some visitors. Hamuku Hoshi of uh, Ice Ribbon tagged with Michio Miyagi against Amy Kandu of Hokuto Pro and Yappy, also of Ice Ribbon. 10 minutes and 50 seconds of a thoroughly enjoyable Joshi wrestling match. And hey, Miyagi won one. She didn't pin anybody, but she did win. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And this, I mean, the, the combinations and, and and this game plans in this match was brilliant to watch. It's funny, like, this match felt shorter than the last, the, the one from the other car, but it felt like more fun almost. I think so, I, yeah. Yeah, it was I a lot more. Take home. Yeah. Oh no, just like the tandem, because it's like um, obviously um, Miyagi's going through her own thing and 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 trying to you know uh, Hoshi and you know obviously trying to continue to, to, to mind that rhythm, but uh, like Ami and Yappy came in like a house of fire, having the combinations like the the double feet between uh, with the person in between the ropes and. Just like they just had a game plan down, you know. It's always <laughs> like almost a makeshift tag team versus one that 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 is just all chemistry. Yeah. I think we seen that when we looked at um, just coming off of of uh, the NWA show with the women. Yeah, uh, the tag team. Uh, you know, with not Allie, but. Um, I'm missing the tag team name. The girls, they just dropped the belts. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, the, the seeing, you know, that difference in chemistry. And even ultimately, they, you know, they lost, but, you know, because of cheating. But, you know, you yeah. see that difference. So here, it was just fun to see them kind of fight, fight, you know, kind of on the, you know, defense. Even though it felt like, you know, obviously, like, Ami and Yappy felt smaller, they almost, they, they almost overcompensated with the feistiness, which I always appreciate. So... <laughs> But ultimately, she got the win. You know? Yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah, how she got the pin for, but they got the win. Interesting. Yeah. Yappy is 42 years old, but only been wrestling for three years. For some, for some reason, every time like you reveal something like that, that never... Like, <laughs> it's interesting, but it's never disturbing because I just feel like there's there's a different gear like with with Japanese performers. <laughs> Age, like it, it just it never really factors in. So no. uh, and even the years of, of performing it never really factors in because specifically if you're heavy handed, if you hit hard, it's like it's almost like your aggressiveness like gives you the years that you don't have. <laughs> I mean, there was a wrestler in Sun who had a similar name, and I thought it was her. And then I went to look her up on Cage Match. No, she's 42 years old, and she started when she was 38. I'm oh, sorry, was 60, when she was 39. And it's like, you know, most Joshies start at 16 years old, some even younger. Or is, that, is, that, is it um, Riho from uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro in AEW? She's 24 years old and is a 10 year pro. <laughs> or something some ridiculous number like that and, yeah and it's like so i want to know what how i mean ice ribbon is a wonderfully inclusive organization that's been doing some incredible things and was founded by emmy secura years ago she's no longer with that company but you know they do wrestling very differently 
to how we do wrestling in other companies. So I can honestly understand why she went with them, but it's just to make like, so how did this happen? Where did you get like lean there to become a Joshi wrestler? One of the hardest things to do in the world. And you're going to start at 38. I think it's amazing and power to you. But where did your mind process start? <laughs> it's always interesting too, like because I don't, and I don't know how often it happens. More so uh, with the with the women. Um, but like you said, they started like 16. But it's 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 very rare, particularly because we talked about this before. Just with how it is, it's just different for women in wrestling than it is men in terms of the the uh, the bump card and the time. Because obviously women just have a different set of clocks than men do when it comes to stuff like this. Yeah. But you kind of hear about like women having like a DDP story, you know? Yeah, you know, I mean, as tradition dictated, you know, back in the day, and it was more societal and stuff, Joshi wrestlers started at 16 and finished at 26 because, as Chelsea put it, it's like Christmas after the 25th, nobody wants you. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, um, and that was part of the, it was the misogynistic side that started the deal. The other side of the deal was, you know, and it's perfectly true, this, the, the, what the company said was to protect the women from the damage they were doing to themselves because, you know, it was incredibly stiff, you know, like the stiffest wrestling you've ever seen and then stiffer. Like, imagine John Moxley wrestling Eddie Kingston and doing that every night. <laughs> for years on end you know that's kind of stuff and um but so you tended to get and even now um a lot of the women wrestlers decide that they want to have kids and they'll, they'll stop at 30 or 32 and you, you know you do get people like Mako Samora who like she's 45 this year I think and she's, she's she's the best wrestler in the world by a long way so why stop <laughs> You know, she's better than most men. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, there comes a point where you're like, but you do, you're right, you don't get Joshi wrestlers who start. You get Joshi wrestlers who wrestled up until about 28, then stopped, and then came back when they'd had a couple of kids. But you don't get people who just start at 38. So that's new. And I encourage it. I think you should live your dream, no matter how old you are. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's really cool. Anyway, let's just move on. Minoru Tanaka defeated Noriyuki Yoshida in 11 minutes and 7 seconds in a perfectly fine wrestling match. What did you think of this one, Marcus? No, this too was uh, this too was great. Uh, you know, it didn't, didn't last long, but it was good with the, you know, exchanges and it came down to, like, I think he went, I think Tanaka went for a flying armbar and turned it into a pin. Yeah. I was like, wow, man, that, that, <laughs> That immediately took me back to like a G1 Saber match. <laughs> what happened? It, it was, but it was, it was good. It was a great exchange. Like I said, it wasn't long, but it was impactful. Um, I think, I think you could safely say Tanaka's kind of the blueprint for Zack Saber Jr. Like Tanaka's like an everything wrestler. He can do lucha. He can do shoot style. His best thing shoot style. So when during the great. Uh, invasion of the anniversary show sticking him with Zack Sabre Jr. and Desperado was perfect because Tanaka is kind of like Desperado and kind of like Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> Which is terrifying to think about. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So yeah. Good stuff. But uh, yeah, you know, he's a, he's another one uh, 
he's another one to watch out for. You know, he's obviously, you know, much like like you said, he's the kind of the like the standard for Zach. He's got that that slender build. Obviously, he's bigger than Zach, as most people are. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he he definitely you know has that that those limbs and that reach and definitely uses it like with the whip, with the kicks and everything. And uh, yeah, it was good. And, and Yoshida was a you know really good opponent. Felt like he kind of had him up against the wall for a bit. Um, and then Tanaka just came back and just you know got him. So he's a free. I mean, Yoshida's a good freelancer who's been around for 15 years, and he's just a good wrestler. And, you know, he's I just like his stuff from what I've seen of him because I see him pop up occasionally. Uh, let's see where did he start? In, he started in 2009. Had a long layoff because he started doing freelance shows. He works still for FDO. He's done some stuff for Noah, uh, college pro, collegiate pro wrestling, Big Japan. He's been around. Uh, you know, experience wills, isn't it? That's what happens. You know, the more experienced you are, the better you get at this stuff. And just a solid good wrestler. So it's a bit of a, a nice change for a guy you don't normally see an awful ton of a lot of stuff off because he's not a regular regular. It was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, next up, we had a matchup that was a bit deeper. Because this is the first time I've seen a three-way match. It may not have been, but I think it's the first time I've had a serious three-way match. Yu Iska, Soma Watanabe, and Takanara Ito went for a three-way match. And this was really the three young stars of the company who are rising within the company. They went for 11 minutes and 43 seconds and had another barn burner. Again, not a big fan of multi-band matches. and It was kind of like night and day between the matches Iska and Ito had on the previous card. This was a pro wrestling match, not a shoot fight. And uh, it's still good. And Ito can kind of slip and slide into anything you want. Watanabe, I think, is the future of this company. He's got the look. He's got the presence. He's got everything you need. And Iska could fit into that role as well. In fact, Ito could. All three of them could. And that's what is what bodes well for Gleet for me. These are all between, like, I think 20 and 26. Um, I think Iska, well, let's just check. Iska's 25. Watanabe is 23. And Ito is 28. So there's at least 15 years left of watching these three wrestle each other. And I'd have that any day of the week. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? This may be my favorite thing of, on both shows. Yeah, um, I can see why. I know it's not yeah. my team, but I can definitely see why you would like it. Most people would. I think. Absolutely. absolutely. And, I, and, I, and as our listeners know, I'm more of a fan of these multi-mens uh, than, than James. Uh, but I always appreciate it because when you, in these situations where you got the right men, it's magic. Um, yeah, for the right, the right people, I should say, it's magic. Um, yeah, Ito Watanabe, you know, you just, I mean, it's, this was brilliant. Just like getting your entree, your, your main, and your dessert all at once, <laughs> and, and and nothing's, you know, negatively in a, and you know affecting the other. Everything just tastes great, and it's just a great combination. Um, and you know, we, you know, talk Ito up, you know, mountain. You know, you is, you know, great. But like you said, Watanabe is somebody to watch, you know. Uh, yeah. Just great stuff all around, man. Like, it's, it's weird. Like, this match was, felt so good. Like, it felt longer than what it actually was. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's how good it was. But And I think this was, you know, 100% quantifies, you know, good old JR calling to maximize your minutes because it felt like no movement was wasted. Even though it felt like a stretch there where Ida was just not there. Yeah. <laughs> In it there, it, it, it all it all flowed back good, and obviously it ended with you know me and James's uh James and I's I should say uh you know favorite <laughs> never get tired of watching that Avalanche German so we no. know it's over in all scenarios so yeah just outstanding work definitely 
Okay, next up, we had a tag team match. Kazuma Sakamoto and Quiet Storm of Bulk Orchestra went up against Issey, Otsunaka, and T-Hawk. 15 minutes and 38 seconds with Otsunaka uh, and T-Hawk. Unfortunately, on the losing end, uh, the baby face is not doing so well in this particular match. But I love Quiet Storm. He's just great. He's just such a jerk. <laughs> just, you know, just, just posing around going strong. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. He's just, just ace. He used to have a tag team uh, with Mohamed Yone in Noah, um, which is the most ridiculous thing you can imagine. A Japanese guy with an afro who does disco dancing and a metalhead called Quiet Storm. Just, yeah. just insane. Yeah, several of those things is not like the other. But they should make it all work, all work which is, the, like you said, the insane part of it. But, uh, yeah, this was another fun to watch, man. It's just like, obviously... Well, orchestra, man, for you know, all the pomp and circumstance, they're not guys you play around with. And I think, I think the, the, you know, the bulk, the bulk part is just so apropos because these are not, you know, cruiserweights. <laughs> so big, big bullies, man, and you have to, you have to pepper them, you know, with shots, with holes, diving off stuff several times, <laughs> which is very dangerous because. Much like Suzuki Goon, these are not the guys you want on the outside playing around um, because that, that tends to be where they thrive at. So, um, like I said, this is another fun one because these are guys you kind of have to watch be broken down. And strong, strong hearts are up for the task, and specifically somebody as uh, that comes off as relentless as T-Hawk, who's <laughs> another fun one to watch. But that bull orchestra, man, that vocal orchestra, is, is, is just uh, you got to chip away, man, sometimes. Yeah, right. Got a dull chisel. It's gonna be a long night. <laughs> they are. I think they're my favorite heel faction in all of Japanese wrestling because they are just camp comedy, but they can go. Oh yeah. man, can they go? Yeah. It's ace, you know. And just watching all of them wrestle, it's the, you know, all five of them just, just they've all got individual styles and but they all go about it differently. But it's just so much fun to watch them wrestle. Just so much fun. And my main event, which was uh, Chick Samitani, Hayato Tamura, Raichi Kawakami, uh, more bulk orchestra. They beat John Toncho, Chikichi Sato, and Tetsu Yuzuchi of seven, uh, sorry, of uh, 60 seconds in 17 minutes and 51 seconds. And this was just as good. You know, this was obviously the two baby face factions who go up against bulk orchestra, orchestra all the time uh, are really, you know, um, they're really singing. This the bulk orchestra have kind of got the uphill struggle as they're the the heel faction, um, and you, you haven't got guys who are like pro, just regular heels. So they're doing all the heavy lifting as far as heels is concerned, um, which makes sixty seconds jobs easier to get over because they're all nice looking young men who work really hard, and you feel for them when bulk orchestra cheat, uh, which they do all the time. And it's just brilliant, and it just works so well. And it's a, just ideal, just perfect entertainment wrestling, in my point of view. It's, it's weird. I'm looking at, like, between that and that match, and I'm like, I, I think, like, vocal orchestra is such a, like a like a, a, a great gumbo soup of, of disaster, because it's like, they got the antics of, like, a bullet club. They have the aggression of a Suzuki goon, but the guys ended up built like a Samoan faction. the worst confidence you want to go against but again when you look at somebody like you almost 
would have to, and I'm pretty sure we've gotten this like combined strong horse with 60 seconds um, <laughs> to create a combination they might not be ready for if that could work. But they they're so they're so in sync within their own chaos. It's 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 hard, man. You know, like I yeah. said, 15 and 17 minute matches, it almost makes it worse because. It's like them, like them boxers that are like big, bulky, and they might not have a stamina, but they hit you so hard, they can <laughs> hit, you, hit you out in the first couple of rounds. But if you can, if you, you got to be able to outlast them. So it's uh, that's yeah. that's the, you got to be able to outlast them. They are, they are the George Foreman of wrestling factions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big swingers <laughs> in, the, big. in the in the in the uh, heavy hitting sense, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and that kind of wraps up our two cards from Glate for this week. We were going to try and bring you the anniversary show, and Glate put all their shows on YouTube, and they haven't put the anniversary show on YouTube. If they showed it on YouTube at the time, you can't find it now. I even talked to Michelle, um, Queen of Tokyo, Michelle, the big DDT fan and commentator for FMWE, and um, no, she didn't know where it was either. And I, so I'm kind of stuck. I can't figure out where to find it. They've not advertised it anywhere. There's no saying whether it will come onto YouTube or not. And that was the big show everyone wanted to see because House of Torture on that show. Um, so, yeah. However, they have got a bigger show coming up as well uh, in a couple of weeks' time. And a certain Dookie, sorry, or Doki, I think, Doki Choki, uh, and uh, Nobu is going from Suzuki Gun. They're going to go have a blast. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm guessing they'll get L. Linderman and somebody else. <laughs> but that should be interesting. We'll definitely watch that one. <laughs> yeah. But yes. So any, any thoughts on these two shows, Marcus, they haven't shared already? Or what do you think? Of, where do you think the direction of Glate is going at the moment? No, I like it. I dig it. Um, really uh, appreciate, you know, kind of walking me through the, the UWF of it all and, and what that looks like in this, you know, particular motion officer, you know, the Japanese sense of it and the history of it and kind of what I've become accustomed to, you know, like I said, with the pure pureness of it all, mm. as well as the, the you know, um, and, it, and, that, and that the concept of the tournament, the um, no one contenders uh, matches with the medals is such a great showcase for the younger guys who are obviously coming up. Um, I think it's just a great overall uh, showcase that's really cool. Um, so it also kind of keeps those traditional uh, wrestling vibes with the metal of it all. Um, but yeah, you know, I just I just think they're in a great spot. Like you said, they do the most with having not like you said not the most deep of rosters. Um, but it's not you know but you know when it comes to Glee, it's not about the quantity, it's the quality. You know, between both orchestra. You know, just everything else spread out specifically, you know, with the women bringing other women in, you know, it's pure quality. And you see that when you get these matches, like I said, you don't need uh, coming from, you know, I guess my side of the pond, if you will. Mm. Don't need the Japanese commentary to, 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 you know, commentary at all to enjoy the match. Sometimes I just watch it on mute. Yeah, it's still great, you know, because, you know, you understand the moves, you know, what's going on. You just got to find out who's the good guys, who's the bad guys. And sometimes that'll switch, uh, <laughs> depending on the scenario. But, yeah, it's just it's just great stuff. And like you said, the small, the intimate crowds uh, also do it. And sometimes, they, you know, I think the second venue was a little bit brighter. 
obviously than uh, more gymnasium style than the other one. But they, it's just, you know, it's great. You know, they do a really great job, uh, even if it's not something big like the anniversary show, which we hope you put up. If yeah. You we don't mind paying for it. Just tell us where to get it. <laughs> you put it up. Because this this was something I feel like we planned for like the second we found out about it. Yeah. Yeah, and then it just, but it was like on a like well, it would have been on a, it was on at six o'clock in the morning for me, and it was last weekend. Yeah, and you know that cough I had last week. Yeah, turned out it was COVID. Oh man. Yeah, so I, not, there was no way I would have been able to concentrate for long enough to get to my full show at six o'clock in the morning, and it would be about midnight for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're getting on the uh, the other end of that because I know oh, that yeah. seems to be a process. You know? Yeah, I'm 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 doing okay. Um, I, I feel a lot better now, and it didn't. Not, last time I had COVID, not me sideways for, for ten days. This time, it's, well, locked me sideways for about four days. Um, yeah. You know, but I've been able to go do stuff. I was first day out of isolation today, and I was able to go do things. And I went for a drive and had a nice. wander around clubs and come back. So I was all right. Um, so yes, I feel a lot better now. I'll be back to work tomorrow. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah, it's just is what it is isn't it yeah but uh you know i always appreciate Glee, man it's hard to find it even like if you call it even if they do like a filler show it's still you know that their, their filler shows are better than some pay-per-views on my side of things <laughs> so so you know it's always cool to catch up with them indefinitely yeah absolutely i think we'll keep covering glate as much as we can because it's free for one thing um plus glate actually are appreciative of the coverage they retweet everything we do um and a lot of their wrestlers have followed me back and followed the channel back because they can see we're trying to promote them uh which is really good and yes. we thank them for showing interest in us as we show interest in them and that's how the wrestling community shares definitely uh where can we find you on the internet marcus you can find me solely on twitter that's probably my primary social uh media you can find me at paradox kid p-a-r-a-d-o-x-k-i-d always down the chat you can find me at Sheriff Lonestar. You can find the show at Troopany Show on Twitter. You can find us on The Troopany Show on Facebook and on Patreon. We can keep The Troopany Show free forever for everyone. If you'd like to sponsor the show, we'd greatly appreciate that. Help some of the running costs of keeping this on the air. Uh, that would be lovely. You can uh, get catch, DM me on Twitter at Sheriff Lonestar or the show at Troopany Show. Next week, I'm not sure what we've got. There was the Tokyo Joshi Pro Summer Princess show yesterday. That looked pretty damn cool. Um, 15th of July though is first day of the G1 climax, and that's next Saturday, 16th of July and the 17th of July. So I guess we'll have to return, as we always do, to today yeah. at the G1. <laughs> that's gonna be everybody, you know, pray for the full true penny uh, <laughs> path, but by primarily James because he. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I wish New Japan a tweet or something to interact and give him credit because uh, every year it's, it's, a, it's a level of consistency. I, I, I truly commend. Uh, Thank you, sir. Thank you. When, even when you're just by yourself, you always get it done. And this year is particularly thick. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. So, you know, um, just uh, everybody stay tuned. If you can't get it up immediately, he will get it up. Yeah. Uh, this show that is talking about the show, but it, you know, it's, it's this year's gonna be an arduous one. Like, you know, we never get you know a bad G1, but you know, it's a it's a it's a marathon and not a sprint. 
you know. <laughs> I had four groups this year and seven in a group. That was a lot of wrestling matches. We might get done by September. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, if you want to find out more about the history of wrestling tournaments, we went back and did early days of professional wrestling tournaments in Japan because we found some old JWA tournaments. And me and John watched them a couple of years ago. They were great fun. They were hilarious. <laughs> Brilliantly, like, the, the, my favorite was the first um, World League final in the JWA. Um, and Ricky Dozan is wrestling an American wrestler who he demasks. So he gets disqualified, but he makes him bleed that badly he can't continue. So he gets put in as the alternate in the final. Yeah, you see. <laughs> <laughs> up last show, I, I, the, the wacky sometimes happen when like certain things go awry and then a guy randomly gets a main event or, or a guy who is a, a consistent main event all of a sudden gets pre-showed for no... For just, <laughs> <laughs> it is just like, you have to watch it to believe it because you're watching and going, oh, he's got disqualified. The referee's disqualified him. That's definitely got him disqualified. Oh, well, yeah, but why did you in the final end? <laughs> it's like, you know, and then when they disqualify him, there's nearly a riot. There's people up on ringside and everything. It's like, unless they went, we've made the wrong decision here. <laughs> but yeah, um, anywho, yeah, you should watch the, I'm sure it's GWA World League. Um, it's, it's, it's well worth a watch. If you want to get yourself revved up for the G1, I, will, I might do a thread of tournament finals to get yourself built up for the G1. You'll also have the N1 coming soon from Noah, which we might watch, but I have a feeling somebody's in it we, won't, we don't talk about. Hopefully not, but we'll see. Anywho, have a lovely weekend. Have a lovely week. See you soon, Marcus. Likewise. And we'll speak to you next week. Have a good time. Take care. Bye. <laughs>